Welcome to Cascade Connects, a podcast focusing on the people and events in the Cascade Collegiate Conference. Here is your host, CCC Commissioner Robert Cashel. Welcome to this week's edition of Cascade Connects. I'm your host, Conference Commissioner Rob Cashel, and I am joined this week by Assistant Athletic Director and Senior Woman Leader and Sports Information Director Alicia Alexander from Lewis Clark State College. Alicia, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a long title that I just uh, announced for you. And this is the first year uh, with the title of Assistant Athletic Director and Senior Woman Leader. And you're entering your sixth year as the Sports Information Director. So before we get, get into all of your history and your awards and all of that, Tell me a little bit about that transition to Assistant AD and, and SWL. So we'll start with the SWL. It seems like kind of a natural progression just because I take it on a few of those um, pieces already. I oversee ASA, so I already have that connection with the student athletes. So being able to advocate for them even more was just kind of a natural flow. Um, the Assistant AD thing was pretty cool. That's something that Brooke and I had talked about for a little bit. It had been um, one of my goals. And this summer we took a look at, you know, what can we, you know, add to my responsibilities or kind of beef up on what I'm already doing um, to help make that transition professionally. So just helping out more with the marketing. Um, I think we might see that come into play a little bit more when it comes to the World Series, just because there is there's so many moving parts to that one. Um, but it's just nice to, you know, it's more of a seat at the table when it comes to coaches meetings and being involved in the bigger conversations. So it's a nice step for me to take professionally. And for those who might not know, the SWL or Senior Woman Leader is a new designation. Uh, it's It was new as of this August. Uh, we had a pretty good runway, a couple year runway from the NAIA and uh, Senior Woman Leader is really a, a role on campus to be part of decision-making, uh, a voice for females uh, within your department um, and also be able to advocate for for equity and things like that. So can you, can you talk a little bit about um, the steps you guys have taken at LC to make sure your female student athletes know what the position is all about? I think we're pretty lucky here at LC State just because our admin team is so unique when it comes to college sports because there's myself, um, our athletic director, Brooke. Um, she's one of the best in the NAI. She's a female. Our business manager is a female. Two of our three athletic trainers, including our head athletic trainer, are female. And our president also is a female. And she is so, she's such a big advocate for Title IX. So I think it's really hard for female student athletes to come here and not feel the support when it comes to gender equity and knowing how important they are on this campus and it's just great to see it's throughout the entire school the support is there so my position the S it makes being an SWL a little bit easier because you have that support throughout the campus from those higher ups um, so it's pretty easy to advocate for someone who everybody else is already advocating for yeah you you mentioned the uh the makeup of your department and you're right it is unique that uh a lot of the leadership, primarily all of the leadership is is uh, filled by females and and um, uh, Dr. Pemberton and, and Brooke certainly are are fantastic. Um, she serves as a as a um, I know Brooke is on the ADA board and Dr. Pemberton is on uh, the Council of Presidents as an at large member. So highly involved in, in the NAIA. Well, let's turn a little bit to uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you is you were most recently named the NAIA Sports Information Director of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. 
It was uh, on the heels of, of the second time you were named the Cascade Conference Sports Information Director of the Year. And uh, you hold the distinction of the first uh, female to ever win the award in our league. So tell me about when you got the, got the call or got the information that you had won the national award. So Brad Sagan's the one that called me. He's the head of communications for the NAI. And I met Brad my first year here. Uh, he was down here for the World Series. He was here for the for my first two or three series. Um, so I got to know him pretty well that first year. And I remember that first year, he was just like, you know, you might want to get involved with um, our NAI side of board, get involved in committees. And I'm, you know, 23 years old at the time, 24 years old, thinking I'm just a kid. I'm still getting, you know, my feet wet. And, you know, here we go six years later, five years later. Brad's the one that called me the morning before the news broke. And, um, you know, he said, hey, I know you, you were on the call. We had an NAI side of board call the day before that because I'm on that now. Look what Brad started. Um, he's like, I know we talked about some other stuff on the call, but I just wanted to let you know that you won the national award. You're the SAD of the year. And I just started crying. Just it was such a big deal. Um, and to hear from Brad, too, was really neat because it was like a full circle moment. Um, and then when I really got to thinking about it, I jumped on real fast because I know some of the SIDs that have won that award, um, one of them being from the Cascade Conference and Danny Day a couple of years ago. Um, and I was just curious to see who else had won it. And that's when I realized I was the first female to do it. And that that was pretty neat to know that I was the first in the Cascade Conference, first female in the Cascade Conference, now the first female to win at the national level, knowing some of the SIDs um, that I worked with that are also female. It's just, it made it that much even more of an honor, really, knowing people like, I mean, Sammy Wellman, Rachel Moore, who've all been in the running for that at some point, and to know that I'm the first female to do it was, it was, it was just the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's great. I know all of your colleagues and all of us in the Cascade were really proud of you and, and uh, knew you were obviously well-deserving of, of that that opportunity and that recognition. You know, Alicia, you've been in the business for a while now. Um, mm -hmm. You started down in Southern California at a Division III school. Um, and But I always tell people, in, in my opinion, there's nothing that has changed in intercollegiate athletics faster uh, than sports information. So, you know, kind of walk me through what you've seen in the short period of time that, that you've been uh, in the business. Oh gosh. I mean, even from when I started training as a student, as a graduate assistant down in uh, Concordia, we went NAI to D2. And even just in that, that small span of time, when I was a student, we saw the explosion of social media. When I got to my D3 um, in SoCal, we were looking more at video work and getting, you know, highlight packages online. And now we're at the point where people don't want those, you know, those big three to five minute highlight packages. It's so quick now. Everything is reels based. Uh, social media is probably the biggest thing that has changed overall. And it's the hardest to keep up with. People tend to shy away from wanting to read long articles. And the focus when it comes to sports information is turning so much more creative. And that's why you see the transition from COSIDA to CSC. So from college sports, um, collegiate sports information directors to college sports communicators, because communication is so much more than just stats and writing now it's that social media it's reels it's tiktok which we don't use here because um, it's not a lot in idaho but just the similar idea of quick eye-catching engagement is now such a big piece of sports information but what people also forget is you know i'm a one-man shop it's just me i have i have great interns but it also it's we still have that social media that quick engagement 
we still have the stats, we still have the writing piece, we still have awards to nominate, we still have graphics to create. So and everything changing, what I think people forget the most is it, it adds on. It's not like replacement, it's an addition. So on top of the original responsibilities, we now have that extra responsibility of the social media and the changes there. And keeping up with it can be just as difficult as creating it. Yeah, that's a great point. It, it When something new comes along, it doesn't replace something that you're doing. And, and you have to be really you have such a wide swath of an audience, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there might be moms and dads or grandparents that do want to read the article. Uh, and then you have, you got you have to meet the student athlete where they're at, which is in, in social media, not to mention the video component that has added as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so pretty amazing. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your academic background and what brought you to this line of work. So I went to Concordia Irvine. Um, we were NAI at the time. We were hosting, we were pretty competitive. So we were hosting a lot. And I started as a student worker my sophomore year. I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I majored in sport management, thinking maybe I'll be an agent. Maybe I'll get into broadcasting, not knowing really what I wanted to do. At the time, I didn't know what an SID was, what sports information was. I just knew that this is the person who hired me. Um, and at Concordia, they handle facilities and game management as well. So, I mean, my first day on the job, uh, was volleyball and I took pictures we had a massive volleyball tournament and from there I mean basketball season I was a floor sweep and then we got to baseball softball season and that's when I kind of stepped in and said hey I know these sports really really well I played softball my entire life I coach high school softball um, I'd like to give this a shot at the play-by-play -play. so for uh, almost my entire time at Concordia I did play-by-play -play for baseball and softball um, and I did I got my sport manager degree and then I stepped into a GA, a GA role, getting my master's in coaching athletic administration. Um, just kind of walked into our AD's office. We were in between SIDs. I said, hey, what do I have to do to stay here, be a grad assistant and keep learning? And he's like, ask me, okay, can I do it? Absolutely. So I stayed there for another year and a half or so. And I learned more as a grad assistant than I did in my classes, just because my classes were so similar in my master's as they were to my undergrad. Um, but by the time it's all said and done, you know, I've got two degrees, the GA spot, the GA position, the master's is just about paid for completely by Concordia. Um, I made the jump over to my D3 while, for a little bit while I was still finishing my master's and um, ended up here. I My last semester of my master's program actually was up here doing it online and still helping out at Concordia a little bit along the way too, just to keep a little bit of the money flow going. What a journey. And, and it sounds like, and I've talked to, about this with Courtney, who you know, who's our director of communications. And, you know, she's followed somewhat of a similar path where went into an athletic director's office, said, hey, I'm here, I want to learn, uh, and, and wasn't necessarily worried about, am I getting paid today? But, you know, how can I get into this industry? And it sounds like you, you took a very similar pathway of, hey, I want to do this. So I'm going to learn everything I can while I can. Yep, it's all about creating the opportunities for yourself. Um, when we went through our transition from NAI to D2, we hosted the conference tournament for the Pac West. So we couldn't play in it, but we were the host site. It just so happened we were in the same city as the conference office. So by the end uh, of the second year we hosted that tournament, I walked up to the SID for the conference and said, hey, do you need an intern? Um, and I kind of weaseled my way into about two year internship with the conference office there. Uh, I would cold call baseball teams in the summer and say, hey, do you need an intern this summer? And um, worked my way up the ladder in collegiate summer ball. The Ryder Cup came around when I was in college. Why not apply for an internship at the Ryder Cup? And that's probably one of the coolest things I've done. 
And I was able to learn a little bit more than just sports information there. That was more so event management based. So I was able to broaden my my knowledge a little bit because I mean, even here as the SID, we still have quite a bit of event management event management responsibilities. So I didn't turn I didn't turn down really any opportunity, and I made them if I had to. Well, you you mentioned softball and baseball as real passions for yours, and and clearly, uh, what a great connection that being at LC State hosting the Avista World Series for however many years that they've done it now. Mm -hmm. um, so talk a little bit about handling that. That's a big endeavor, and you're in charge of all of media. Yeah, no, the World Series, uh, it's it's no joke. And what's funny is so that we have a new um, we have our society for marketing promotions. And, you know, he'll ask us, what's the World Series like? And we can't give him an answer because even trying to explain it doesn't do it justice. I remember I asked when I got here, I was like, what's the World Series like? What am I in for? Just wait and find out because there is so much that goes into that week. I mean, we're already having World Series meetings. I've got the poster, the the like our advertising concepts just about done. I mean, it's not until May and June, but here we are in October and we're, you know, on the we hit the ground running. Um, it's a lot of prep work. And what's nice is I work with a lot of great SIDs um, from the national office to, you know, the mainstays that are usually at the World Series with Donnie Smith at Southeastern, Dale Long at Georgia Burnett. I'm lucky that for the most part, I can anticipate them coming and they're going to give me exactly what I need. But just being able to plan out, have a ton of help and things are not always going to go as planned. So just being able to, you can't always anticipate something going wrong, but being able to anticipate problem solving having a plan in place for if the video board goes out if the internet goes out what are some plan b's and plan c's that we can have in place and just trying to be as organized as possible it's it's not easy and i think last world series week i worked about 130 hours in that week so we take those days off when we get them yeah for sure well and 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 every time i've ever seen you at an event not only are you handling much of the other stuff, but it seems like photography is a big part of, of kind of what you do as well. And I've seen a lot of your work and very, very good action photos. And, and we haven't even touched on stats. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the stat park. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I'm lucky with baseball. I have Denny Grubb for baseball and Sam Grist for opening round and uh, for the World Series. So I'm lucky to have a really good crew. I don't take as many pictures as I used to because it's one of my favorite things is taking pictures, but that's kind of in turn looking at, you know, growing in my role. It's being able to learn how to delegate and how to hire the right people for that position. Um, but also it's nice to hire someone that can do the stats for, you know, well, Denny for baseball does it every game, but for basketball, bringing in help, you know, someone else can do the stats and I can get behind the camera and make sure we get the shot that I'm looking for, especially when it comes to those milestones, you know, we have, our libero's uh, creeping up the record book. She's probably going to pass her coach here pretty soon, making sure we've got solid shots of her when it comes to baseball. You know, so-and-so is having a fantastic season, making sure we've got good stuff. And not just picture, but in today's world, having video and not just video, two different types of video because you need the video for a real different orientation, video for uh, highlight videos to use in hype videos for the video board to using commercials. It's just making sure you have all the shots that you need can be difficult. So making a list and saying, here's what we need. Either I'm going to do it or I'm going to hire somebody that I know is going to get exactly what we need. Very, very busy. That's for sure. Yeah. To add to that, 
to add to that busyness, um, you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, you're, you're uh, on the leadership board of NAI SIDA. Uh, mm -hmm. I think first vice president now or, or second, vice president. second vice president. And and that's a big deal. And and I know our NAI SIDA group is is highly engaged. And can you can you tell me a little bit about your work as second VP and then what what does that mean for you going on in the leadership role? So I was elected to the at-large last year, my first year on the board. I was It's a two-year term. Um, and we, as an at-large, we had our own committee. So I oversaw continuing education committee and we hosted some webinars and some, like some coffee shop type webinars. And this past year I was elected second VP, which is another two-year term. So what's really neat about second VP is I, I kind of act as a secretary in our meetings. So I take, I take our minutes and I send out our agendas. Um, but then I also have a seat with the CSA national CSA. So I'm in the CSA meetings, the Council of Student Athletes with ASA members, reps from, you know, the athletic trainers group, the the CFARs, the ADs, the Council of Presidents, everybody's got a rep in that. So it's really neat to listen in and see what's going on because that group's doing really, really good things for student athletes. Um, and Ashley Bachman, who is our ASA rep, one of our ASA reps here at LC State, she's the Cascade Chair, she's on the National ASA Board. She's in that group as well. So that's kind of cool to have that a little, I have a friend in that group. Yeah. So um, you, you mentioned Ashley in the CSA. Tell me, um, you know, what's your favorite part of game day? Oh, game day. Game day is tough because there's a lot going on. I mean, it's when we win or when we have those moments. You don't even always have to win, but when there's moments in there that just, you know, that give you butterflies or just we've had moments when people come back from injury. You know, they come back from being out for a while. We had this a couple of years ago. First at bat back, we had a baseball player who was out for a good chunk with an illness, comes back, first at bat, hits a home run. And at that moment, you're like, this is bigger than baseball. Or those senior days where I had an intern for probably two or three years, and she was a senior last year on the volleyball team. So after her senior day match, when they're all hugging and everything, and I'm included, she sees me and, you know, hugs me and that, and those happy moments. But then you're also there for those sad moments. But you're glad you're there baseball last two years we've lost in the national title game and it's hard and everybody's crying and you know, I'm trying to hold it together on the field because I've still got to direct media I've still got to get our guys to the newspaper and to the tv to talk even though you know they just lost the biggest game of the season but then you're there when you know they're coming off the line after they watch the team get their national title trophy but then Somebody, you know, the baseball team turns around and the first person they look for is you while they're crying and you're kind of there to comfort them. So just being able to make those connections and be there in those moments, both good and bad, and just kind of be that shoulder to cry on, both happy and sad tears. That's a good chunk of why I do my job. Yeah, and, and man, you guys have had some amazing moments in Harris Field, that's for sure. Uh, and and certainly, uh, your your programs top to bottom are are highly competitive, um, highly successful. I know recently you just added cheer and dance as a as a varsity sport. Um, how how's that going in terms of growing that that sport on, on your campus? Yep. So dance, it's in its first season. We just had our first media day and it's, it's a really big learning experience for me because I have no dance background. I've never watched it. I've never attempted to dance. I'm not a dance person whatsoever. I played softball and softball only my entire life, but it's been really neat to get to know athletes from a completely different sport. Um, we don't have anything similar to it here on campus um, and having them in ASA now and just getting to know them through their media days and making sure, you know, their bios are up to date 
it's it's really neat to be able to see a whole different side of sport because when people think sport dance is not the first one that comes to mind um but i took a class in college you know one of our first chapters was is cheer a sport is dance a sport and they 100 are a sport i i can't do that but the fact that they can do it competitively um, as well as they do it's impressive so being able to see that and just having another sport another team to cheer on another group of athletes to get to know and help tell their stories it's it's yeah. great because they actually they perform today so i'm excited to go watch them they just got their their uh, competition uniforms so we're pretty pumped yeah and they are they are athletes in every every sense of the word uh the the training that goes into both of those sports and and what they do and what what they can do physically is just it's amazing so uh that that's awesome uh, tell me a little bit about um, you guys made the transition from the Frontier Conference to the Cascade Conference right as COVID was hitting. So kind of was a strange time for everybody, but in particular, I think for you guys, having having left one home, if you will, and headed to another home and, and really stepped up during that time. I know you hosted some some volleyball tournaments that we needed hosting uh, where everyone came to your site, but talk a little bit about that transition um, to a new conference for your sports. So the transition, it was nice. Um, the travel became so much easier on our student athletes. And we have so many student athletes who are from the Northwest, who are from Oregon, Washington, Idaho. So it was nice for them to be able to play closer to home once we eventually got to being able to play elsewhere. Cause that first year was wild. I mean, between us and C of I, we were really the only schools that could host being in Idaho. So that year we had volleyball. It was when we had two volleyball matches going on at the same time. And it was four matches a day. So back to back in the spring. So it's crossing over with baseball, which I had never, I never had women's volleyball crossover with baseball before. Cause it's not a normal occurrence. Um, and then we had cross country in February, which is normally going on, you know, it's going on right now, but we had cross country meets. We hosted three or four that year. One of them being in the snow, snow falling as we're running this cross country meet. And, you know, everything ended up essentially in the spring cross country crossover with indoor track, the crossover with outdoor track. Um, everything happened at the very end. That was the year that men's basketball went all the way to the national title game. Right. Um, so, you know, missing baseball to go to men's basketball and I told myself if I can get through that year with everything happening at the same time I can do anything <laughs> bring it on you know we want a crossover day I can do a couple of crossover days as long as I'm a crossover season crossover year I don't want to do it again but we were able to do it and uh you and your husband Zach are the the proud parents of a of a dog hunter mm -hmm. um and so obviously, uh, Zach is so supportive of what you do and, and you of what he does as well. But um, is he able to come to a lot of your a lot of your events? And, and is that somewhere where you guys can actually spend some time together? So don't forget Freddie. We just got Freddie, too. That's right. Yep. So we have um, Hunter and Freddie. Zach's schedule is pretty much the opposite of mine. So Zach works swing shift where he works. So he, he's working. Uh, about one, one, two o'clock to eleven thirty during the week every day. Um, so on Fridays, you know, he's at work, so that's when I rely on interns or I'll hire a student athlete to go check on the dogs. Um, I had a baseball player go check on him last week just because you know we had volleyball on the road and at home that I traveled to. And um, on the weekends, he's able to come out. He'll come watch basketball. He'll watch a little bit of volleyball. He played baseball in college and professionally, so he'll come out and he'll watch. Um, I'll say, hey, I need somebody on video board in the press box, and he'll 
he'll do it even if he has to wake up a little bit early there was one game for basketball where I had to travel to Evergreen with our team because they needed someone to do stats and I they didn't have a caller so I looked at my husband and said hey you want to go to Seattle with me um and I trained him on the drive over how to call for basketball so he was able to help me out with that and it was a it was a process once you know because I moved up here six months before he did just to get settled and he didn't really know what sports information entailed so he didn't understand why I was busy so much why I couldn't text him back during a volleyball match or a basketball game but once he got up here and saw you know how busy it is especially on game day he's really embraced the fact that that's it's not just my job but it's what I love to do so my whole family is super supportive of it my mom my mom will come out uh she's coming out <laughs> Callie Stevens is one of my interns she's on the basketball team I was on FaceTime with my mom one day and Callie grabs the phone and she goes you're coming to my senior day right so my mom is flying out for Callie senior day <laughs> yeah what a great impact you've had on 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 the student athletes there when when your mom's making the trip for their senior day that's pretty cool speaking of speaking of impact um you you really are serving as a mentor to some of our newer um sports information directors it's a position in our league and really around the country where you know it, it's kind of on the job training you have to do it to learn it and we have we have a lot of young people and and so tell me a little bit about kind of that mentorship and the approach you take to helping helping young people who you were that person at one point in time uh kind of get better at their craft we are so lucky in the cascade conference i don't know if people realize what great sids we have in this conference we have people who have been doing it for about as long as I've been alive, I'm going to poke fun at Mike Safford and Sam Grist and Nick Askew on that one because they've been doing it for a long time and they're so good at it. Um, last year, we were assigned mentors and mentees and Clayton and Corbin uh, was assigned as my mentee and he's phenomenal. He's going to be a big name in this industry here pretty quick because he does a fantastic job and he cares so much about what he does. So being able to work with SIDs like that who really, truly want to do a good job and really care about what they're doing. It makes it easy to be a mentor for people like that who aren't afraid to ask questions. Clayton still calls me all the time. Or I mean, I'll call him and ask him questions. Hey, how would you approach this? Because he's really good at social media, which I feel like is one of my weaker points. So being able to bounce ideas off of him or just pick up a phone and call people like Sam Grist, I bug him all the time. It's really fun. Um, but to have that in our conference, we are so lucky. Because um, it's, it's not like that everywhere. You know, Even when I was in the frontier, I was calling Sam Grist saying, hey, I need help on this one because he he's so knowledgeable when it comes to stats and the stat programs. So being an SID with those long hours, it's nice to talk to people who understand exactly what you're going through with that. Well, Alicia, next April, uh, you will be brought out to Kansas City uh, mm -hmm. to accept your SID of the Year Award. Uh, we're all looking forward to that. Is your family able to join you? Have you already started talking and making those plans? Yep. Um, my husband will probably be coming out. My mom will probably come out. My sister uh, is in grad school right now, so not sure her schedule, but my brother might make the trip. And that's really exciting because I don't get to see him very often. Uh, he lives in North Carolina. So the fact that we might be able to meet in the middle is really exciting because he's my big brother and I don't see him very often. Well, Alicia, we're, we're so proud of you and, and thank you for joining us today and kind of letting us take a little peek behind the curtain of what a sports information director does. And and, uh, and certainly you're one of the best in, in our conference and, and obviously nationally. And we just really thank you for joining Cascade Connects.
Thank you. This was fun. On behalf of director Courtney Blummer and host Robert Cashel, thanks for tuning in to Cascade Connects, the official podcast of the Cascade Collegiate Conference, 15 championships, and over 3,000 student-athletes. This is the CCC.
On behalf of director Courtney Blummer and host Robert Cashel, thanks for tuning in to Cascade Connects, the official podcast to the Cascade Collegiate Conference, 15 championships, and over 3,000 student-athletes. This is the CCC.